listening to episode two of Adorn Podcast. This week we'll be discussing what biblical literacy is and why it's important for all women in all seasons and walks of life. Hi friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Just to recap, we're defining biblical literacy as a fancy way to say reading and understanding your Bible. To expand on that a little bit, we want to remind you that it's not knowledge for knowledge's sake. That's right. It's for us to know God more and in turn love God more and to obey God more and to glorify God more. That's really what biblical literacy is for. I love all that more. More and more and more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we want to remember that knowing all the facts in the Bible isn't really what makes us biblically literate, right, Casey? Exactly. Learning about God and allowing the Bible to transform your heart and walking according to its way. That's how you grow in biblical literacy. I think that's a good reminder for us to just kind of check our hearts when we approach the word. And just, I think sometimes it's natural for us to want to read the Bible because we think it'll be pleasing to God or to earn his favor or love. But we just have to remind ourselves of the gospel that we are already as loved as we could ever be. Absolutely. And just remind ourselves that, that we're growing um, in biblical literacy as a response to his love, not to earn his love. Yes, that's so good. Um, as we were preparing for this episode, I thought it would be kind of fun to ask um, one of my four-year-old daughters, Harper Grace, um, just about the Bible. What is the Bible? It's something that has God's words in it. That's right. What do you like to learn about in the Bible? I like to learn things that are all about God. Oh, I just love that, precious Harper girl. Um, So, you know, she actually brings up such a great point, though. It is God's word. Mm -hmm. I love how she doesn't just say it's God's word. She says it's God's words. And oh, (laughs) my goodness, that just melts my heart. Um, But, you know, before we get into why biblical literacy is important, I think it's important that we address what we think about the Bible. Mm -hmm. And really, this could be a series all on its own, and it probably will eventually. But we'll just um, really quickly explain where our belief is and what the Bible exactly is to us. So my whole life, I was taught that the Bible's God's word. And then Fast forward to 18-year-old me in college at Baylor, and I learned pretty quickly that not everybody thinks the Bible is God's Word. Even if they're a Christian, even if they believe in Jesus, they don't necessarily believe that the Bible is inerrant, meaning that it it doesn't err, meaning that it's complete, absolute truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And this, to me, just pretty much blew my mind. (laughs) And I was super, super confused and... Um, just really had to do some digging and searching on my own to figure out what it was that I believed. So through doing some research and just really studying, of course, I didn't study as much as I wish I could have because I actually had to pass my nursing classes. (laughs) I mean, my parents kind of expected me to do that, but through talking to some really wise people and just searching my heart, um, I, based on the fact that the Bible is historical events that can be backed up with historical documents. Right. That along with my faith, because to believe in pretty much anything, you have to have faith. Right. Pretty much everything comes down to faith. So between those two things, I decided, you know what? 
what I grew up believing that the Bible is God's word and the Bible is inerrant, that's still what I believe. And so that's, that's the belief that Aaron and I both have, that the Bible is God's perfect and holy word. And so I think that's something important to remember as we go into why learning about God's perfect and holy word affects our lives. Yep. I totally agree. Um, just like it says in second Timothy, where it says, um, verses chapter three, verses 14 through 17 says, but as for you continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, just like Casey was talking about when she was a kid, she learned and she um, firmly believed until that was questioned in college. But then it goes on to say, um, and how you've learned from childhood and have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God. I love that. All scripture. I love that so much. Yep. And it is profitable for teaching, for reproof and correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Um, And then that also reminds me of another quote from Norman Geisler. It says that if we can't trust the Bible, then we've lost the very foundation of our faith. God cannot err, and the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, the Bible cannot err. So I think just um, us being real open and honest about where we stand with the what the Bible means and how true it is um, is really important to get that out there before we talk about why growing in our understanding of the Bible is so important. Yes, it definitely is. So how would you say that biblical literacy has impacted your life, Erin? Well, um, I can't point it necessarily back to a specific um, moment or point in time, but I can just look back and see how God has worked so many small things together to grow my confidence um, and joy in approaching and understanding his word. Um, I wish I could say I was a consistent Bible reader my whole life. I think, um, like many people, I used the Bible as kind of a solution to my problems. So when I had a question or when I wasn't sure what to do about something, that's when I'd open my Bible. I wasn't um, consistent in just approaching the Word to seek God. I was more approaching the Word to just seek answers for myself. Um, I think a lot of people can probably relate to that because I think a lot of times that's how we grow up. We kind of just think it's there when we need it and kind of just sits there when we don't need it. But um, I'm really thankful that God was faithful and just used a couple different tools and um, experiences in my life to help me just grow in biblical literacy. And um, one of them, I would say, was um, attending a Bible study called BSF. It is a study that approaches the word... um, book by book and full book. So it's not necessarily pointing you, here's a scripture, here's a scripture, here's a scripture all over the Bible, but you're studying it faithfully verse by verse. Um, and I, I loved the studying like that. So that um, helped me grow a lot in biblical literacy. And then I also um, just prayed for God to give me a hunger. And I think that's something that we don't realize we can do. Right, right. A lot of times you just don't think about that. Yeah. You absolutely can come to God and ask him to give you a hunger. Right. It says it in Philippians, um, I think it's 2, maybe 2.12. It says that um, we can pray and he is the one who will do the work and give you the will. So I just, I love that. So I prayed and asked God to just give me a hunger and he did. And I know um, I have so many friends that can attest to that as well, that they just, they wanted to grow and they didn't maybe have the desire, but they prayed for it and the Lord was faithful to give it to them. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit because I've been a Christian for a while, but I've never read straight through the Bible. I haven't either. This is my first time too. It's so fun. It's so exciting. So um, hopefully that's an encouragement to everybody listening. If you're thinking, well, 
you know, what do I do? How do I grow in biblical literacy? Like we've been doing this for a while and we're just now for the first time reading through the Bible. So that's been um, a huge, huge part of growing in biblical literacy for me. And I would encourage everybody to do that. Um, It's been just amazing the things that God has shown me reading things in context, understanding um, all of that. And I think um, just one more important thing to say about it is that um, the biggest shift, well, I don't know if I could say the biggest, but one of the biggest shifts for me has been approaching the word not with my self-focus, which is kind of what I talked about how I used to, but just shifting that to searching the scriptures to know more about God instead of to know more about myself, um, seeking him and his character and how he's been faithful, and then um, and then maybe applying it to myself a little bit at the end. I think that's important as well, but I think it's most important to be seeking him in the scriptures. Yes. So kind of shifting our mindset um, from self-focused and instead to be God-focused, um, and just to see how he, how Jesus lived and his plan for us. And that, that it takes practice, but I can, I can completely say with certainty that the more we approach God's word this way, all those questions that we have about ourselves that used to drive us to the scripture and all those problems that, that will all be revealed to us, um, when we learn more about God's character. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. How would you say, Casey, that just growing in biblical literacy has impacted your life? Okay, so we said we were going to be real on this podcast, so I'm going to admit that really digging into the Word has been a fairly recent journey for me. Kind of like Erin said, I'm reading through the Bible for the first time, and it has just been life-changing. I mean, I've always read bits and pieces, but it's really been within the last six to nine months that I've really begun to grasp the the transforming power held in those pages. We did a Bible study that we'll talk a little bit more about later, but it was called Open Your Bible. And it was life-changing for me and just really inspired me to open those pages and read God's Word, not just as a how-to manual, very Mm -hmm. similar to like um, what Aaron was saying, but to read it to know more about God. And so my eyes and heart have really been open to realize that it's so much more. It's about knowing God. And it's um, when you look at the overall story of the Bible, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration, it just offers this peace and this joy mm-hmm. and this true freedom. Um, so I think that that's been one of the biggest things for me is the freedom because mm-hmm. I, through my life, I have struggled with some pretty severe anxiety and really digging into the Bible and getting to know God's word and just getting to know him through those pages mm-hmm. has just produced so much freedom in my life. And it's just, it's been amazing. I love that. So it's been huge. The last probably nine months have really my life has been transformed in just amazing ways because of the Bible, which is crazy to say because I became a believer when I was like seven years old and now I'm 31 and I'm just starting to understand the power of God's word, but I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to be where I am now. Yeah. I feel like sometimes that I became a Christian again, like now I'm really understanding what it means Mm -hmm. and how to to live a life to glorify God because now I'm really finding out more about God and his character. And so I'm able to kind of live according to that. 
Mm-hmm. So what would you say if someone was like, well, why does it matter? Why is biblical literacy important? How would you kind of answer that, that quickly for them? I think the ultimate reason why biblical literacy matters is to know God and to glorify him in all of the aspects of our lives. Mm-hmm. We can't do that if we don't know him and we can't know him without his word. That's how he communicates Boom. to us. Boom. Drop so, the mic. We're yep, done. That's we're it. done. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so true. It's it such is. a clear and concise answer that it's all about knowing him, loving him, enjoying him and glorifying him. Yeah. And the way to do that is through his through word. His word. So this reminds me of a story when I was little, um, my dad used to travel a lot. He was an international sales. And so he would be all over the place. And back then, I mean, this was, you know, 20 something odd years ago, yeah. there was no cell phones, there was no FaceTime. Let's just stop for a minute. <laughs> Can you imagine life that way? It'd be so I mean, sad. Think about your poor mother, like, I know. just wondering if they're okay and yeah. waiting for phone call. I just can't imagine. It's a hard thing for us to grasp. It is. It is. Think of like our kids, they're going to have no idea life was no. ever like that. No. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Okay. I just, yeah. It's a good thing to ponder. It is. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was gone for about two weeks. And I remember it was the day he was coming home and my mom was so excited and we were all so excited and she wanted to do something that, you know, would show him love and honor and respect. And so she decided we were going to clean the whole house. So that meant we also had to clean the whole house. So I wasn't <laughs> a huge fan, but, um, so she just went out of her way. We went this whole day cleaning and, um, my dad got home at about seven that night and he walked in and he gave my mom a kiss as he always did. And he gave us big hugs and, um, I'm going to say this next part, and I don't want you to judge my dad, because my dad loves my mom more than anything. Like, they are the cutest. I mean, you see, Casey. Like, oh, yes. The stuff they they're post the on Facebook. They're the couple. Oh, yes. Goodness. They're just so cute. But um, he came in, and after he gave us all hugs and kisses, he said, all right, well, what's for dinner? And I just remember thinking, oh, okay, well, my mom spent all this time. But the point was they didn't, they didn't have time to communicate. They hadn't spent time in each other's presence. Right. And if they would have, my mom would have known, okay, he could have told her, I'm going to be hungry when I get home tonight. I'm going to have been traveling for 18 hours. I'm going to want some dinner when I get home. But since they didn't get to do that, they didn't get to communicate. They didn't get time in each other's presence. She just thought she was doing something that was according to his ways. But honestly, it would have been better for her to have made a meal. Exactly. Yeah. And And he was hungry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Poor guy. But ultimately, think about that in what that means for our walk. If we're not spending time in the word, in God's presence, and communicating with him and hearing from him, we might think, oh yeah, I'm living according to God's ways, but we don't know what that means. We, right. have, we must, we'd be so lost. We would think putting all our effort into this one thing, not truly knowing if that's how we should be living or how we should be loving God or how we should be responding to his love. So I think it's just important to, to remember that like we need to spend time in his presence and in his word. And that just think about how refreshed and loved you would feel, like how refreshed and loved my parents, if they could talk to each other, yeah. how much more meaningful that time would have been for them. And just that you might be able to survive. Like my parents survived when my dad would travel, yeah. but I wouldn't say they thrived. Exactly. And God doesn't want yeah. us to just survive. No. He wants us to come to him so we can thrive. And that just, um, that's the way God desires for us to live is to flourish. And um, it's, it's the same with relationships on earth, it's the same with our relationship with God. Yeah, it is. You know, we all want to live like Jesus, but we can't do that if the only w- way we read the word is to pick one verse here and there and one verse here and there. Like, right. One right. verse all over the place. And so, yeah, we're not going to become more like Jesus if we just pick and choose. 
You know, that really reminds me of another analogy. It's in Jen Wilkins' book, Women of the Word. And I just think it's perfect. Yes, it's such a good book. Okay, so she talks about this. If you received a letter in the mail from someone you love, and it was 20 pages long. That's a long letter. Not a letter like that. (laughs) And you just opened it and pulled out the envelope and threw away the first 10 pages. And then you read a sentence on page 13 and a sentence on page 18 Mm -hmm. and maybe a sentence on page 17. You wouldn't know what the person that wrote the letter was trying to say to you. Right. You wouldn't be able to know the purpose and the fullness and the context of what it says. You would just be confused. Yeah. You might even be kind of mad depending (laughs) on what you thought it was saying. Right. Which sentence you chose. Exactly. Exactly. It just would not make any sense. Right. So I just think that, you know, that's so often how we approach the word. Right. I think we all have the heart and the the desire to live more like Jesus, but it's really hard for us to do that if the only way we read the word is to just pick one verse here and one verse there. And don't get me wrong, that's how I studied for a very long time. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, and there's nothing necessarily sinful about it, but, but I just think there's so much more than that. Yes, there definitely is. I mean, just think about how much fuller our understanding of God would be if we read his word in the context that it's supposed to be read. Right, we would know more about the context, the author, its purpose, and that um, I think we can give some good examples of that. Yeah, I think so too. Where maybe we, in the past, had just read one verse and didn't really understand its mm-hmm. meaning, but then we went back to, to learn more of the biblical literacy of it and understand it more. So I think of a good example of um, the Old Testament. A lot of times we don't even go there. Right. We don't want to read right. it. So maybe we go there and we read the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. which it actually starts in Deuteronomy 5, 6, and it says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we kind of just skip that verse and get right to the Ten Commandments. Yeah, sure. But you can't read the Ten Commandments without knowing that first verse, that I am the Lord your God. I am the one who brought you out of the land of slavery. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. He's reminding them of the of his faithfulness and how he has taken care of them and how he's been sovereign over their lives and that those Ten Commandments should be our response to the fact that he's God. It's wow. not a list of Ten Commandments here, try to meet these things. These things are things that you do out of what he's done for you. So the context completely shifts if you understand that first part of the verse. Yeah, I mean, reading that in context just... It completely changes how you view the Ten Commandments. It's right. just amazing. It's not a checklist. It's anymore. not a checklist. It's a response right. to God's faithfulness. Yes. Wow, that's just incredible. I think another good example would be Philippians 4.13. Mm-hmm. I think it's one that very, very often is taken out of context. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And I think we like to take that and say, oh, I can go win an Olympic gold medal. I can do anything. God gives me the strength. Mm-hmm. I think we've all said that, especially you know when you're a kid and you're trying to excel in sports mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, school. That's one that we so often take out of context. But I'm going to back up, actually, to verse 11. And this is Paul talking while he is in prison. So keep that in mind. Keep Mm -hmm. the author in mind, the context. And let's read what it says before. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, in need. I can do all things <laughs> through him who strengthens me. So 
it's not talking about how he can do anything and everything he wants. It's talking about being content. In this hard circumstance, the Lord is going to provide and will give him the perseverance that he knows to get through and to bring that glory to God. And so I just, I love that. It makes you see it in a whole different light. And Mm -hmm. No, maybe it doesn't mean that you will win at everything you do as long as you have God's strength, but the the mean the true meaning of it is so much fuller and so right. much deeper and it's just incredible to think that Paul was able to be content in this horrible situation because mm-hmm. he knew he had God's strength. And it's such a good reminder when we go through those trials that we can be content because of God too. And right. so I just I love that verse for a different reason than I did maybe when I was 13. Right, I love it now too. And I love how you brought up the fact of knowing that it was Paul that wrote it and that he was in prison when he wrote it. Yes. Because understanding the context adds, like you're saying, a fullness to it of now we know it's about contentment. But the fact that what Paul was going through and understanding the history of it and the the time frame mm-hmm. and where he was and the setting and all of that it adds even more depth and richness to it because exactly. somebody who's saying I can be content in everything, but maybe they've been, you know, just wealthy their whole life might not have as much weight as someone who's saying it from prison. Yes, exactly. He wasn't just enjoying life and right. eating grapes and whatever, <laughs> you know, like you think of like a king or something. Right. That wasn't the circumstance he was in. He right. was in a really, really ter- tough circumstance. So, yeah. And those are just two quick examples that we thought of, of how um, having a little more context and knowing the author and all of that, just growing in that biblical literacy really adds so much richness and fullness to the understanding of God's word. And I think um, that's important to think about that anytime we approach scripture, because like we said, there's nothing wrong with studying verse randomly or maybe doing a topical study. Right. But then maybe when you're doing that, just like trying to seek the, the more context and the fuller yes. fullness yes, of it. Yes, for sure. You know, if we approach the word in a way that allowed the word to have its way with us, just think about what mm, that would do. I love that. Just sitting in the word. Yeah. Let's say that again. Approaching the word in a way that allows God to have its way with us. Allows God? No. Let's say that again. (laughs) Approaching the word in a way that allows the word to have its way with us. Not us to have our way with it. Right. Not us bringing our ideas of what the scripture Mm -hmm. should say or does say even. Yeah. But just allowing it to have its way with us. And how when we do that, it's just going to infiltrate every aspect of our life. It's going to flow out of us um, into the way we work, into the way we are mothers, into the way that we are wives, into the way that we have friendships in our neighborhoods that... We just let the word have its way with us and it's going to affect everything. Yeah, that's just incredible. That just puts it, I mean, I know on a podcast you can't see, but we both just have like huge smiles on our <laughs> that's face. That's true. Think about that. I feel like we need all the praise hands right Yes, now. all the praise hands. <laughs> yes, that's just such an incredible, incredible thought to just think about the word having its way with us and how we don't have a responsibility to change the word mm, or anything good. like that. That's good. Like, it's not up to us. Yeah. It's God's written word. It's already there. And it. we just need to let it work. Yeah. We need to take our hands off of it yep. and quit trying to be in control and just <laughs> let hard. it work. It is hard. It's yeah. Hard. Yeah, it's good. So we want to think like we're not looking to find what we want to hear, but instead looking to find what God wants us to hear. Exactly. Exactly. So good. 
It's okay. <laughs> so next week we'll get more into the the how-to and the practical steps and all of that of biblical literacy. We'll have some awesome resources, um, some encouragement yes. for y'all. So come on back and um, listen next week. We are so excited to come back next week and to share some more resources with you. But we'd like to leave you with a verse from the Old Testament. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cox.